Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo. This beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.wellineux.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Whitten and Leah Follett. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Join us as we share our family's journeys to good health. You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Witten, author of the blog and book Quirky Cooking and I'm here with Sam Bullock, my good friend and naturopath um, and she's also the creator of The Alchemist Tree. Hi Sam. Hey Joe, how are you darling? It's such a pretty day today. How are you doing? Oh, it's it's been beautiful up here. So you're having good weather down there too, hey? We are. It's been a beautiful day. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm I'm better now. I had a cold last week and I'm all good now. Yay, that's so good. Yeah. Okay, so Sam has been on the podcast with us before in episode seven. So if you haven't heard that podcast you really should listen to it because it was amazing. It was all about the effect that gut health has on fertility and women's health issues. Um, And Sam's quite an expert on all of these kind of things. So she'll give us a little bit of a background um, again this time just for those who don't know her. Um, But we want to talk this time about essential oils. We've gotten lots of questions about it lately in my chat group. Um, So we thought we'd do a bit of a – this is sort of a – foundational podcast on essential oils and maybe later we can do some more on actual specific questions but you kind of have to know this stuff first right Sam? Yeah I think so I'm really happy to do specific questions if I possibly can but I think it's good to get a broad overview for the Mm. first first one. Yeah so um, what we'd like to talk about um, first off if it's okay is I'd love to know what your favourite oils are. What What are you wearing? What do you love to wear? Oh, that's a great question. I love that one. Um, okay, so um, I wear Intune, the Focus Blend. I love it. I actually wear it as a perfume as much as I wear it for work. So today I've been writing all day and it helps me to concentrate and stay focused. Mm-hmm. Um, How often do you I, put it on? Um. Look, I might put it on a couple of times a day mm-hmm. if I notice that I'm starting to get brain fagged because often yep. when I'm working at the computer writing, I, I go into what I call man mode or single focus mode mm-hmm. and I get a bit mentally fatigued. Yeah. So I just basically use it to take a break and just to nurture my senses and mm-hmm. refocus and, you know, I might sip on a cup of tea and put some more on the back of my neck and yep. I'm good to go. Yep. Um I always use um, Balance, the Grounding Brand, and Whisper, the Feminine Blend. They're my absolute favourites. The first time I smelt, my friend of mine came over and she was wearing Whisper. I'm like, what are you wearing? That is beautiful. I think that's going to be my favourite. Yeah, I when I wear it most days Mm -hmm. and I regularly have people asking me, What I'm wearing, I have perfect strangers walking up to me and looking a little bit coy and a bit (laughs) shy and saying, please don't think that I'm a weirdo, but what are you wearing? Yes. I need to know what perfume you have on. I've had that with, um, I had on frankincense and whisper 
and probably a bit of balance, I think. It was the mid- yeah. bit of a mixture, but someone's like, what are you wearing? I'm like, well, <laughs> it's this, this, and this. Yeah. So, I mean, I always use balance and whisper to really nurture and support my feminine energy oh, it's so because feminine. I do so much focused work. Mm. So that just grounds me into my feminine energy. I put it on my feet. I put it on my sacrum. I put it just below my belly button. And, um, yeah, and I diffuse frankincense a lot. I use frankincense in clary sage when I do my meditation and journaling work in the mornings. And then invariably there's either my signature blend that I've made up for the clinic, which is equal parts of geranium, frankincense and sandalwood. That's my oh, absolute favourite. that amazing. I've got to try um, Yeah, it's a beautiful blend. And other times I've made up, you know, I'll, I'll pick and choose what I put in my diffuser depending on how I'm feeling. If I'm doing emotional work or if I'm doing some kind of personal growth and development work, I use the oils at that level a lot, you know, mm. so I'm, I'm a bit of a, some of my clients say I'm a bit of a witch. They like watching me mix up potions. <laughs> and I'm sure I was a witch once bubble, upon a time. Bubble, bubble, exactly. Yeah. So it just depends on my mood. And that's one of the things that I love the most about essential oils is that you can just mix and match them so beautifully, your top notes, your middle notes, your base notes, and just create the most beautiful aromas. And it's just nurturing. It's girly. It's. And it's it, a bit like something luscious about it. And it's a bit like cooking. It you, is. You, know, you start to figure out what ingredients go with what. Yeah. And what is just amazing together. And then you find something that you you sort of think, oh, I would never have thought of those things together. That is absolutely, you know, gorgeous oh my together. Gosh. Yesterday I did white fur and orange and I was just <gasps> Oh, out. I'd yeah, never thought of beautiful. putting those two together and I was doing a bit of research and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that would work. And I just tried it wow. and the, the whole room just smelt like heaven. It was oh. absolutely divine. Yeah, so you can get too. into some serious play with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So tell me um, or tell everybody <laughs> what your background is. So how did you learn about aromatherapy? You know, what have you studied? Well, actually, aromatherapy was the very first natural medicine that I got involved in. I, I I have a background in nursing, as some people know, and when I finished my nursing degree, I moved to Sydney and I worked at the Camperdown Children's Hospital in the paediatric oncology ward, and it's now called Westmead Hospital, but back in the day it was in Glee Point Road, and I worked full-time as a brand-new nurse there. And as you can imagine, in paediatric nursing, it was quite emotional, it mm. was quite spiritual, it was physically demanding, and I recognised pretty early in, you know, that part of my life that I needed to do something to manage the ongoing stress that was yeah. a part of my job. And at the time, um, there was an amazing, absolutely beautiful natural therapy shop called in um, called Essential Therapies in Glee Point Road. Mm -hmm. And they had aromatherapy oils and crystals and flower essences. And I started using aromatherapy and flower essences just for my own personal use. And I got seriously hooked. And that was when I started studying them, you know, seriously. So I studied, um, I began studying naturopathic medicine at Nature Care College in 1989 and um, and then in the meantime I conceived my daughter Emrys and decided to take a break from naturopathic study to be a stay-at-home mum and we relocated back to Perth. So I started my study at Nature Care and then I finished it at Perth Academy of Natural Therapies. Mm -hmm. So I was really lucky at that time because the undergraduate program in naturopathy was very broad and it included you know, all of the compulsory subjects of medical and clinical sciences, so your naturopathic history and philosophy, body work, herbal medicine, homeopathy, iridology, nutritional medicine. And we also had to choose one or more of the elective subjects of aromatherapy, flower essences, Reiki, or any of the advanced body works. So we could double stream our electives and core subjects together, which is what I decided to do with aromatherapy. So at the time, each naturopathic 
undergraduate did anywhere between one to four years at each one of those subjects. Mm -hmm. And then we had to elect to specialise in our final year and we got to choose a major. So I actually majored in herbal medicine and homeopathy. Mm -hmm. And so after graduating as a naturopath, once we'd done that, we all had the choice to continue in any one of the subjects and do additional clinic hours and a thesis on that subject. And then we could be certified in that subject as a separate diploma. So you could get a separate certificate or diploma in herbal medicine or in aromatherapy or in herbs or whatever. But you were qualified to practice within those modalities as a naturopath. So frankly, by the time that I got to the end of that period of study, I'd done eight years of full-time study already. (laughs) And so even though I'd done all of that advanced coursework and exams for herbs, homeopathy and aromatherapy, I didn't do the additional year of clinical hours involved in order to receive the separate diplomas for each one, even though I use the modalities on a regular basis in my clinic. So I'm now, you know, many years later, I'm now completing my advanced certificate in clinical aromatherapy because I want to have that certificate. And at some point, you know, I have a plan up my sleeve to do a master's or hopefully a PhD in this. I'm totally passionate about plant chemistry. I absolutely love it. I know that's going to make me sound like a complete geek. No, that's good. Yeah, I really love it. And um, so, yeah, that's what I'm currently doing. So I think you asked me about the colleges and I, I did a post on this for everybody in um, in the file section in the quirky cooking chat group yes, thank but you just as a, as a quick thumbnail sketch for people who don't know about that file yet there are several colleges where you can complete studies and certificates in aromatherapy mm-hmm. um, you've got the Australian College of Aromatherapy you've got Aminia College and you've got the Aromahead Institute in the United States okay. so Currently, I've chosen Aromahead because I work full-time in my clinic and I do a lot of travelling to teach interstate and I also travel with my partner to and from the US a couple of times a year at least. So online study gives me the flexibility that I need. I just wasn't able to find an on-campus course that fitted for me with my travel and my full-time work. But I think... Um, I think if you're a brand new person to aromatherapy and it's something that you want to get involved in, I would really encourage people to do on-campus study purely because you create friendship and there's beautiful support Mm. and the colleges in Australia are wonderful. Um, Having done, you know, that eight-odd years of on-campus study, I'm a good online student. I have that organisational yeah. ability and self-discipline. It's not as if easy you, if you're not used to studying no, already. You have, you have mm. to be really self-directed and you've yeah. got to be quite disciplined. Yeah. I mean, you have to do that with on-campus study as well. But, but it's, it's sort of got more, someone over you more on yeah, campus. <laughs> yeah, you do. And it's, it's self-directed but you have deadlines in terms of exams and yeah. in terms of assignment stuff whereas online study it's completely self-directed you do it at your own pace and rate so yeah that's it is there anything else that you wanted to know about aromatherapy and studying what if someone that just was interested in oils and just wants to learn a little bit more about it but not do a whole course well the cool thing about both um, and I can only speak for Aminia and for Endeavour College and for Aromahead. I don't know anything, any of the other colleges in detail because I used to teach at Endeavour, so I know them really well. I used to teach herbal medicine and naturopathic philosophy at Endeavour, so I know their curriculum pretty well. Um, but I know that Aminia, Aromahead and Endeavour do short courses. Okay, that's so, what I wondered. So these are not, you can't get a certificate, you can't practice no, a just more for mums with knowledge. their family kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and there are some beautiful online courses for, you know, learning how to safely and responsibly blend essential oils. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I was wondering. You know, an introduction to aromatherapy. And also there are beautiful textbooks, you know, yeah. if you're 
textbook person like me. Mm-hmm. There are some fantastic textbooks, and again, I've done a file in yes, the file section. <laughs> um, if people want to ask me questions about, you know, books and things like that, I've got a pretty extensive aromatherapy library. I think at last count it was about seventy different textbooks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like I said, I've been collecting them for a long time, yeah. and I've got I don't know maybe the equivalent in herbal medicine. Um, yeah, I just, I'm a book person. When people walk into my clinic, they're like, wow, you have a lot of books. I'm like, (laughs) I do. And they ask me if I read them and I say, yes, I have. (laughs) Oh, crazy bookwoman. No, I love books too. We're the same. (laughs) Yes, went from right back. Yeah. Okay, so um, what exactly is an essential oil and how are they made? Like I know that sometimes people think something is an essential oil that really isn't and they're, they're um, something cheaper and made differently. Can you explain okay. what a what an actual essential oil is? Yeah, sure. So essential oils are plant medicines and they're the lipophilic or volatile aromatic oil or non-water-based compounds that are found in plants. So they're also known in some places as volatile oils or ethereal oils or acerolas. Um So they're extracted from the roots or the stems, the bark, the leaf or the leaf buds, the flowers, the flower buds, the seeds, the fruit, the fruit rind of plants. And this depends on which part of the plant is known to concentrate the essential oil within it. So in general, essential oils are extracted by what you call low steam, um, low heat steam distillation or by cold pressing, and some essential oils are solvent extracted. So in the case of steam distillation, what that means is they have a really large stainless steel kind of container similar to what's used in the winemaking industry, and it has a collection tube at the very top and a domed lid so what they do is they pass, they, they put all of the plant material, they mill it down and they put all of that plant material into the, um, into the distilling um, container or vessel mm-hmm. and then they run steam through that plant material and as the steam rises, it picks up all of these little delicate volatile um, plant compounds and they're carried up with the steam to the very top of the chamber and then, of course, because steam cools and um, it condenses and then it goes down and it's sort of channeled into those condensing tubes into a collection chamber and, as we know, when steam cools and when you mix oil and water, you end up with um, a water, liquid and an oil with the oil floating on top And that's an essential oil. That's what's extracted off. And then the water that's left behind is called a hydrosol. And we use hydrosols actually in cooking. We use them in rose water or in um, orange flower water. We might have had grandmothers who used rose water or lavender water as um, for their cosmetics or their toiletries or their sprays. So those hydrosols are used sort of in the perfume industry and the cosmetics industry and also in the cooking industry as well, depending on the essential oil Mm -hmm. that's been extracted. Um, They're really highly concentrated plant medicines and yet they're really safe, powerful and gentle if you use them responsibly and safely. So every essential oil is like a tiny little medicine cabinet in and of itself, and it's made up of an array of tiny little chemical constituents Mm. that can be then further classified into chemical families or groups. So examples of these might be acids or alcohols, um, let me think, aldehydes, coumarins, um, esters, ketones, lactones, oxides, phenols, terpenes, and each one of these little chemical families or groups has a specific way that they work to support and nurture the body um, for healing or for, you know, support or for modulation. Okay. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're a lot different to, you know, like flower essences and herbal tinctures and things like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you want want to know the difference between those? Just in a nutshell. (laughs) Okay, so 
a herbal medicine, um, just like an essential oil, a herbal medicine is made from different parts of a plant, the root or the stem or the flowers or the seeds, etc. And the part of the plant chosen to make that fluid extract from depends on which part of the plant is known to concentrate the active constituents that have got a therapeutic or healing effect in the body. The difference between an essential oil and a herbal medicine is that herbal medicines are made by soaking the plant material in a mixture of water and alcohol for a period of time. Usually in the herbal medicine industry, we use um, we use grain-based ethanol. And this process allows all of those tiny little phytochemicals to be dissolved into the water and alcohol mixture. And the ratio of water to alcohol and the time that the plant material soaks in is different for each herb. So once you've done that soaking process or percolation process, the liquid is strained off and that becomes a herbal fluid extract. And that's what I use in my clinic. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, I've got, I think I've got about 250 bottles (laughs) of different herbs in my clinic. So whereas flower essences, people get confused between flower essences and essential oils because of the word essence. So flower essences are only made from the fully opened flowers at the peak of their bloom. And so the flowers are very carefully picked by hand at dawn. It's a little bit esoteric flower essences. So they're laid into a crystal or glass bowl of pure spring water. Then that's placed in full sunlight and they're allowed to soak into the water and absorb the sun's rays. And then after a period of time, the flowers are strained out of the water and that water is preserved in, with alcohol to make up what we call the mother stock. And that's what is used to make the flower essences or the dose bottles that we buy. So oh, if see. you buy um, Rescue Remedy or if you buy, um, I don't know, any of the bark flower remedies, they've basically got a tiny little bit of that mother stock and then they're preserved with more alcohol. Right. Okay. Thank you. So one thing that I have seen a lot of people ask is how do you use oils safely? And I think it's really important, especially with babies and children, to know how to use them safely. Okay, that's a, yeah, and I agree. That's a really, really important question. So there are three main ways of using oils. You can use them topically, aromatically, or ingestibly. Mm-hmm. Topical use is, is all the ways that we use them on our skin. And we always, always advise using essential oils well diluted with carrier oils. So carrier oils are things like sweet almond oil or jojoba oil or fractionated coconut oil. And I teach people how to do this and why in my classes. Mm -hmm. So you can use the oils in baths as massage oils or aromatic body veils. You can make your own creams and moisturisers as long as you do it in a safe way. So even though some essential oils are safe to use on undiluted like lavender I, the, the, operative, the operative word is some some yeah i actually never recommend it yeah because essential oils truthfully are the most effective when they're diluted oh, for okay. one thing you use less of the precious resource that an essential oil is yeah. and it's far more economical for yes. the, the first thing so we want to basically have an affordable medicine mm-hmm. um And then by diluting them into carriers, you actually allow the oils to work far better and be absorbed over a far greater surface area of the skin. So they're absorbed better, um, they, they work better that way, and you have far less risk of sensitivity reactions. So yeah. some oils are what we call hot oils or rubefacient oils. So they mm-hmm. act as a little counter-irritant. And anyone with sensitive skin, so little babies, the elderly, anyone who has, you know, some people have a sensitive skin type. Mm-hmm. So you always want to do a patch test every time you use a brand new oil for the first time. Yeah. And you always want to dilute the oil really well. Um, What's the usual dilution? Look, the dilution ratios differ depending Mm -hmm. on the age of the person, their sort of constitution and how well they are and what you want to use. So it will range anywhere between, you know, conservatively Mm 0.15% all the way up to about 10%. We only use, you know, we only use percentages higher than 10% if we're using the oils therapeutically, and this is the distinction Mm. for everyday use, you're not going to be using an oil therapeutically. You're using it for self-care. You're using it for preventative health. You're using it for wellness. 
if you're wanting to start using oils therapeutically, then my best recommendation is to partner with a qualified practitioner. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, and, and just as an aside, you know, we use a lot of essential oils in baths. That's one of the ways that most, a lot of women will use them. Mm. For me, again, less is more, and I always recommend that you disperse an essential oil into another liquid that is both water and fat-soluble before you put it into the bath. You don't want to put your essential oil straight into the bath water and then get a layer of oil floating on the top Mm. that you then stick down on (laughs) with their skin onto some very delicate parts of your anatomy. (laughs) So I make sure I like to use a mixture of oat and almond milk. You know, sometimes I'll actually drip essential oils into a little stocking of oats and then I'll let the oats sort of soak in the bath. That's a great Um, idea. I'll mix it into, you know, half a cup of oat and almond milk and then I'll pour that into the bath. But you can use any fatty liquid like cow's milk or cream or coconut milk. If you want to go the whole Cleopatra thing, make yourself a milk bath and Mm -hmm. be done with it. (laughs) Um, And then, so, you know, the rule of thumb for safety is dilute, 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 dilute. Yeah. We really don't need to use neat essential oils like I said, there are some exceptions to the rule. A tiny dab of lavender oil on a mosquito bite, mm. but the vast majority of the time, you're far better served by to dilute them very well. You and save money that way too. <laughs> absolutely, it's you know, and I'm I really have a reverence for plant medicines. They're really precious. You know, they're coming they're coming from the plant kingdom. They're coming out of you know, the farming communities and people work really hard to create them for us. And I think for me as an ethical thing, as an, as a responsibility thing, I think it's important to use them um, wisely. And yeah. part of that is not wasting them. Yes. So aromatic use is, um, is another way that we use essential oils. Basically that's you know, using them in the air that we breathe. Mm-hmm. So we can use them as steam inhalations, in diffusers, in mists. And again, in a bath, you're getting both topical and aromatic use. Yeah. And again, it's about being practical, using your common sense and being safe. So you're not going to put 50 drops of an essential oil into a diffuser. Mm. You're going to be using five to 10 drops in a standard room. And you're not going to be you're not going to be diffusing all day every day. You're just using them for nurturing. You're using them for you know a couple of hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least is um, the internal or ingestive use of essential oils. Now it is a possibility. Um, however, there are some strong safety and responsibility provisos here. So yeah. remember that I always advocate safe, wise, gentle and responsible use of essential oils. That's kind of my, my I don't know, my hashtag for want of a better word. <laughs> yep. Safe, wise, gentle, loving and responsible use of essential oils. And so I always recommend that if you want to use oils internally that you always partner and collaborate with an aromatherapist or naturopath who's mm. qualified to support, advise and guide you, guide you to do this safely. Um there's a whole science behind the use of the internal behind the use of oils internally, mm-hmm. and yes, internal use is a com is a common thing in parts of Europe. But I personally think again, you can receive the vast majority of benefits from topical or aromatic use. Mm. So I don't use. But it's safer. I think it's safer. I think there's this fine line between taking care of yourself and being accountable and autonomous and responsible for your own health care and being wise enough to discern when you actually need the support of somebody who has a specific qualification. Instead of just Google. (laughs) Oh, please don't do Dr. Google. Stop doing Dr. Google. I have seen on Google. Uh, No, maybe I shouldn't say. Just drives me insane. Oh, just. You know, just put all these really strong oils into water and drink it and it's good for your throat. And I'm thinking, um, wait a minute. <laughs> the vast majority of essential oils are not, they, they don't mix with your mucous membranes very well. So no. you've got mucous membranes from your mouth all the way down to your anus. Yep. And 
Some essential oils can be corrosive. You can get, you know, you can get a lot of irritation from using an essential oil internally. And that's why I think unless, look, I just say partner with somebody who's qualified in that area. There are some specific illnesses which I'm not going to go into where it is appropriate to use essential oils um, at an internal level, but you have to be working with an aromatherapist or a naturopath who's qualified in that area to actually nurture you and support you and be backup support. And then you've also got to take that level of accountability and responsibility for your own health care. And, you know... It'll sound mean, but sometimes there are people who do stupid things. And, you know, if you're one of those people that does a stupid thing with an essential oil or a herbal medicine, then it's kind of unfair to blame blame that modality or blame another person for something that you've done. I mean, a couple of weeks ago I had a man who came to see me and he literally drank 500 mils (gasps) of herbal formula within three days. What? How? Yeah, because that he rang gone straight asked, through, wouldn't it? <laughs> pretty much, he rang me and he asked me for another bottle, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what? Ha, tell me more about that." As I hold my head in my hands and shake my head on the phone, and he said, "I just, you know, I was feeling really good, and I figured that more was better." So he just was swigging it back, not even measuring it, despite the fact that there were very clear wow. instructions on the label: <laughs> dilute with juice. 7.5 mils twice a day with food, bloody blind nose, just chugging it straight back out of the bottle. Oh, I don't know God. how you could. Those herbal mixtures are so vile. So, yeah, look, I mean, I just think it's about being responsible. Yeah. And, you know, we have to I'm, – I'm really passionate about people safeguarding our plant medicines. It's only going to take one – person who behaves irresponsibly and you know the tabloids get hold of it and it becomes a big scandal and it gets Mm -hmm. blown out of proportion in the news and in the media and we're risking Mm -hmm. not being able to access medicines when we do that and it can derail all of the very hard work that aromatherapists and naturopaths and other alternative healthcare practitioners have done over the last Mm -hmm. 20 years to actually make complementary and alternative medicines available in Australia for us to all use if we choose to so I guess in in terms of internal use I don't have a problem with adding a drop of spearmint or tangerine essential oil to you know a 500 gram 750 gram batch of homemade raw chocolate for flavoring or using a tiny drop of basil oil in bolognese in the dead of winter but frankly as a herbalist I prefer to use fresh culinary herbs in cooking, yeah, you know, so and I. and I think that people get a bit silly about it, yeah. and you know, I'm not one of them. Okay, um, and as so, a, a little bit in something like chocolate or bliss balls or something is not a big deal, as long look, as it's a tiny bit. Per- personally, I don't think it's a big deal. You know, the aromatherapy purists are going to be shaking their head and getting really upset with me right now. But oh, sorry. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't see that that's a problem. We have essential oil-based flavouring compounds. Because I know even, anyway, even in kitchen shops you can buy these, Yeah, you know, like the really pure, or like yeah. organic shops, the really pure lemon or orange oil to put into. Yeah. So is that and, is that an essential oil or is that? It would depend. Okay. It would depend on, on how it's been so manufactured. I've got some that's in these tiny little glass vials and it's like supposed to be yeah. really good. Yeah. But look, you only use a couple of drops, you know. And, and, and like I said, I can't personally see a problem with it. However, you just have to know that just because something is natural, just because it's plant-based, yeah. Yeah. doesn't mean that it's 100% absolutely fail-proof, guaranteed to be safe 100% of the time. Mm. You know, everybody is different. Everybody's body is different. That's true. So I think it's about being very sensible mm. and and just, you know, please be safe with them. They're really, they're really beautiful and, you know, we have, to, we have to take care of ourselves and our bodies and 
for me, the most important thing about safety and essential oils is to always dilute them, absolutely always. And if you're if you're in any doubt, you know, if you don't feel confident, if you're worried about your health in any way, get professional support and guidance or at the very least consult a really good quality textbook um, if you're unsure. You know, make sure that you're you're you know, if you're taking the responsibility of doing self-care and you're then taking the responsibility of prescribing and dispensing for yourself, then you have a responsibility to yourself to be well-informed. You know, that's what a naturopath or an aromatherapist is there for. They then take part of that responsibility with you to guide you and support you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're doing over-the-counter stuff, then you are fundamentally being your own practitioner. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And Dr. Google is the <laughs> worst. <laughs> Naturopaths, as a general rule of thumb, despise Dr. Google. Yeah, I bet. I have a 16-year-old. That's absolutely insane. I have a 16-year-old son who keeps telling me things from Dr. Google. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> Do not tell me that. I do not want to know. But, Mum, I've got to do – Mum, I think I have such and such. No, you don't. Get off the net. Get off the net. Yeah, get off there. Right, that's it. Disconnecting Wi-Fi as you yeah. think. Don't worry, we're going away for three and a half weeks and he won't have internet. Woohoo! Oh, go through serious withdrawal symptoms. I know. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So have you got any other questions? Yeah, um – um, one thing that people have asked me is how long do you have to wait to see benefits when you're using oils responsibly and carefully with the carrier oils on your skin or in your diffusers and, um, you know, maybe it's for a certain thing like colds and flus or headaches or whatever. They want to know is it a cumulative effect or is it something that's pretty instant or does it depend on the condition? Okay, so... This is the gazillion dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so many variables. Yes, there are so many variables. Um, I have seen essential oils work incredibly fast. Like I use, I have um, had a couple of really nasty back injuries and I um, have, I get fairly regular, you know, tension or what I call neck headaches. And I've used the past tense formula and I've had a headache literally disappear three minutes, five minutes with it after using that blend. Past tense. Um, that's the past tense or that the tension blend. It, it releases tension out of the muscles okay. and soothes your muscles. Um, and it also smells really beautiful, so it's really relaxing and nurturing. So yeah. if there's a combination of mental and emotional stress yeah. and muscular tension then it just helps you helps all of that to release Mm. um i've personally used the on guard protective blend for myself if i've had you know colds or flus and i've had very rapid results with it 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 completely depends on the accuracy of the oil that you chew yeah the accuracy of the dilution that you use at the time Mm -hmm. and Frankly, it also depends on what else you're doing. You yeah. can't just use essential oils as a silver bullet and expect them to work instantly yeah. like magic. Yeah, if you've you, got if you've you... got a cough or a cold or a flu mm-hmm. and you're not taking time off and feeding your body nurturing, nourishing foods and resting and staying really well hydrated yeah. and doing all of those self-care lifestyle things, yeah. It's a big ask to ask an essential oil to magically fix just everything. get rid of it, fix that. So, just fix that. Yeah, it would be yeah, nice if so, it did work like that. But it, I remember when I was very, very new to all the natural health stuff, like 12 years ago, I went along to a talk about supplements and I wasn't eating well at the time. And I, I remember thinking, oh, this is cool. I could take these supplements and still eat what I want. And I'll be fine. No, <laughs> I've learned a lot since like then. That. And I think there's probably a lot of people that that do think like that early on until they realise it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know. So again, in terms of how do they work? You know, how quickly do they work? Um, it it also depends on whether or not you're working on you know a mild or self limiting mm. health concern like a cold or a flu or a virus or something. I think that's or what. 
I think that's what the lady was asking about. But Yeah, or, or whether or not you're working to support, you know, an arthritic joint and you just want some nurturing and some pain relief. You know, it will depend on the severity of the health concern. It will depend on how long it's been in play. It, it depends on so many things. So, again, it comes back to if you're going to be using them for self-care, make sure that you've got yourself a good textbook. Make sure that you are good friends with a naturopath or an, or an aromatherapist and yes. pay for their services. Yes. You know, actually, I teach my clients, I do first aid classes for natural therapy. So I wow. teach my clients how to use herbs and homeopathics and, and essential oils for first aid. Yeah, that would be good. Most people need to go, you know, need support with. Mm. Um, and then you just need to have the discernment to know, okay, look, I actually need to go to my doctor and I need to get a proper diagnosis here or I need a proper, you know, check up with my doctor, mm. um, you know, those kind of things. And that's really on a case-by-case basis. But yeah. as a general thing, they work really fast yeah. and they work very, very effectively. Mm. Um, you know, and doTERRA have got, you know, their very broad spectrum blends for the respiratory system and the digestive system you know, the musculoskeletal system, the immune system. So most of the time, if you pick the correct oil for the correct thing, they'll work really beautifully. And yeah. time and time again, I see that with, you know, the girls that I work with, you know, in my classes and the mums that are using the oils that I work with. Mm. So when you do your classes, do you want to mention those because people might be interested to know where and how you they find just, about those? I basically just do an introduction to essential oils that covers quite a lot of the stuff that we've covered today. I look at I look at how essential oils are made and how you use them, how they're different to other things. I look at how they're manufactured and all of the quality and um, quality assurance and, you know, um, the behind-the-scenes stuff mm -hmm. that most people don't know when they're looking at an essential oil in a health food store or a pharmacy or, you know, or places that you buy them over the counter or looking at them online. Yeah. And then I basically do that, you know, exactly what I've just done for you. Mm -hmm. I teach them, okay, like we only use essential oils topically diluted. Yeah. We use them aromatherapy, you know, at an aroma level or at a diffuser level, this is how we do it. And, you know, invariably people want to talk about internal use and, and I'm really clear just like I have been today, you know. Um, and, you know, at a fundamental level, people have to be responsible for what they do themselves. And, yeah. you know, just like that hilarious man who drank the 500 mils of <laughs> in three days, you know, at the end of the day, I can only advise people on safe, gentle, wise and responsible use of their natural medicines. Mm. And, and it's up to them. And it's up to them. Mm. But, you know, I have really strong boundaries around how I work with that. And then I also do a beautiful class on creating blends. So we talk yeah, about... that's what I would love to... We talk about, you know, the top note, the base note, the middle note of, her, of oils and we talk about dilution ratios and how to be safe with that and how to work with that so that, you know, you can be really confident because for me it's about empowerment. It's yeah. about women feeling confident, competent and empowered mm -hmm. to to be able to make up a little roller blend for their, you know, for their children to help them go to sleep or to help yeah. them get through a little viral cold or something mm. or to get themselves through that or to yeah. balance their emotional body and nurture themselves, yeah. um, you know. So at that at that blending class, it's again, it's really basic, but it, I have a big focus on safety and responsibility so that anybody that comes into my sphere of influence that decides that they want to use essential oils, um, I, I do the very best that I can to make sure that they're taught properly at that level yes. and that they understand when to get help and when they can do it for themselves. Mm, that's good. Do you, just to finish off, do you want to mention, I know this will be really hard for you, Sam, but like about top ten basics that people could start with if they have not got any essential oils and don't know what to begin with? 
what to buy. <laughs> okay. I know, um, that's difficult, so but yeah. For me, for me, I um I love, love, love frankincense. I use that every day. Mm-hmm. Um I diffuse lavender, geranium and sandalwood most days of the week in the clinic. Um, I use lemon, I use lavender, I use peppermint, I use orange, um, I have oregano as a backup support for immune support. I didn't um, think tea tree. <laughs> tea tree is invariable. I mean, seriously, Joe, you're pushing okay. it really okay, hard. Okay. I mean, how do I, how do I say that? How many oils um, do you have? <laughs> Everyone known to man. <laughs> um, well, I, I have a lot. Yeah. I probably well, you're a, you're have a about, practitioner, so you're supposed to have them all. Yeah, I, I probably have about 80-odd 80, 80 wow. different oils. But truthfully, I probably only work with, you know, a working group of maybe 40. Okay. And, you know, I, u- I, use, the, I use the doTERRA blends. Mm-hmm. I love them. They're beautiful. They work beautifully. Um and then I, you know, get into my clinic and I make up little special blends for myself or, you know, for clients. But you can work with, you know, that's the beauty of that um, that lovely little kit that doTERRA do, the essentials yeah. collection. Yeah. You know, that gives you your absolute core core essential oils to start you off with. Yeah, well, that's what if I that's start That's what you with. want to do. Yeah. You know, and. You've got to start somewhere. And that's where I, I, I recommend that instead of going insane, people just start with a really small amount of oils, get to know them really well, mm. learn how to use them beautifully and and love them and use them. You don't want to have, you know, a hundred oils and then they sit in your bathroom cabinet mm. going to do with because you don't know what to use yeah. them for. Far better served to have you know, between five or ten mm. oils, single oils and blended oils that you use that become part of your, you know, at home first aid kit. Yep. And that's how I that's how I recommend that people get started and that's what I recommend that they use. What's it called and, again, that uh, essential kit or what is it called? Um it's called the Essentials Collection. The Essentials Collection, yeah. Yeah. That's so, what I started with. You know, that's your starter kit. Mm. And then as you get to know them you can just start. Um, you can just start. You know, expanding your use of them as you. You know, as you feel confident and as you start reading more about them and learning more about how they can be applied at a spiritual level or at an emotional level, um, then you can just start exploring, and it's a really lovely thing to do. Oh, that's good. Well, thank you for that. Um, so Sam has made some files in my chat group with a lot more detail on some of the questions. So, you know, where to study and um, the different types of, I don't know, books and all sorts of stuff, haven't you? So if anyone has any questions, um, I would recommend you go and have a look at those files. So in my Quirky Cooking chat group, if you're not part of the chat group, you can request to join. Or you can obviously um, post a question on Sam's Facebook page. You can. My preference. My preference would be to keep questions inside the Quirky Cooking chat okay. group purely because then um, people aren't having to go outside of your page okay. to get support because sure. there's such a beautiful community in there and it means that if I answer questions for one person, then I'm answering questions for, for lots everyone. of people. Yeah, that's true. So Thank it's just that. a more efficient use of yeah. my time. Yes, that um, does make sense. <laughs> Don't want to yeah. double up. And also we want to make sure that people feel, you know, safe and comfortable to ask questions. Mm. You know, this isn't this isn't brand bashing. You know, everybody has, you know, a choice to use the brands that work for them. And, you know, we're we're not about, you know, no. pushing one brand over another. No. We just use the doTERRA oils because we love them. But there are lots of beautiful essential oils out there and I would recommend that people choose an essential oil or in fact any other natural medicine by affinity find something that works for you and your family and use it um and if i can if i can answer people's questions i i will absolutely do that regardless of you know what they're asking about thank you you're welcome we better finish off and but maybe we can get you back to um if there's more specific questions some other time we can do another podcast 
Yeah, and look, there are there were heaps and heaps of very specific questions. So it would be good to do a little bit more about safety and there is some safety issues around essential oils, around substitution and adulteration and contamination and labelling that I'd really like to cover off because a lot of people don't know that, don't know that information. Um, it'd be great to cover off um, more about how they work in the body and how you can get the best out of them. Um, and then I can ask, I can sort of start answering some of the really specific detailed questions. I just wanted to be able to give sort of that broad overview to today rather than get stuck into the guts of it. Mm, that's good. And some things, frankly, are better for me to write up as a file for you than yeah. to talk about. Yep, that's fine. Well, thank you so much for your time and for all the work that you do to help everyone on my page, even though it's totally volunteer. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Joe. I really love you and I really appreciate, you know, how much you do for the people in the chat group. It's such an amazing resource for women and mums and oh, that's good. I think it's beautiful and I love the community that's created inside that page. You know, there's so much collaboration and there's so much friendshiping and nurturing and I think as women it's so important to support each other and lift each other up and yeah. not be part of bashing each other mm -hmm. down there's enough of that that happens yeah. in the world outside we don't need it <laughs> we don't need to make each other wrong in order to be right you exactly. know peace people let's just be loving and kind yep i agree <laughs> i'm a hopeless idealist i know so am i <laughs> that's why we get on so well <laughs> all right beautiful oh, i will talk you. i will talk to you um next week or the week after and we can do another podcast okay that'd be great and thank you everyone for listening we'd love to hear your feedback if you want to give us some thoughts or questions please leave comments or questions on my chat group or you can also um, leave comments on the wellnesscouch.com backslash a quirky journey and I'd love for you to subscribe to a quirky journey podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and also check out the other wellness couch um, podcast there's lots of them now and you can view the entire range of podcasts on the wellnesscouch.com thanks for listening everyone and I hope you have a great week bye good night bye this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.